Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We are going to be in the book of Acts. Uh, By the way, we're going to be in the book of Acts for quite some time now. We're in a study in the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1. And if you want to use your smartphone or your uh, paper Bible, there are paper Bibles under the chairs if you're here on site. Uh, Beginning thought up on the screen. This is a, a picture of Nancy Fish. Some of you will recognize Nancy. She's on staff. Nancy has fans. Uh, she's uh, the ma- uh, office manager and does a ton of other things around the church. So it's a little story about Nancy. It's been uh, 10 days ago or so, and Nancy was going to take on one of the challenges. We have some appliances that uh, just have not worked right since we bought them for the kitchen. And so Nancy was going to get on the phone and figure some stuff out. And so I had three encounters with Nancy on this, let's, I think it was a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday maybe. First one was in the morning, poked my head into her office, and she had her phone up to her ear, and she's like, I'm on hold. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So she's doing that and probably typing with her left hand at the same time. So she's on hold. So that was the morning. Then at noon... Went out to the atrium where a lot of times staff will take a break and have lunch together. And next to Nancy was her phone playing quiet music, which she doesn't always. And so I'm like, what's up? And she's like, I've been on hold for an hour and a half, and I'm not going to lose my spot, (laughs) she said. Second and kind of third thing uh, was mid-afternoon, 3 o'clock. Her door was closed to her office, which isn't typical, so I poked my head in, and she actually, I don't know that she said any words, but the phone was still there playing music, and she just smiled, (laughs) like still doing the hold thing. The the most fun moment was uh, after five o'clock when Nancy emerged from her office doing some sort of victory dance because she, uh, she just was really excited. It was actually a little awkward because most of the staff had left, and she came out to like, we did it! There's no one here. <laughs> kind of a, there were still a couple people, so we celebrated with Nancy the victory, and uh, apparently things are going to be fixed and that kind of stuff. I use this story to introduce a question for us to ask ourselves, how am I at waiting? How am I at waiting? By the way, this waiting thing, even if you don't like, it's a part of life. Some statistics. Guess how much time you will spend, average, adult, average Americans spend waiting on hold, the phone. Ready? On the screen. 43 days of your life. There's a few people like, not me, click. But you're waiting on hold, 43 days of life. Waiting at red lights, four months. Four months of your life. Waiting in lines like checkout or drive-through, you'll never, look at this, 
three years. If you've ever been to Disneyland, it's four. It's four years or longer. One of the strange, strange stats I found in the midst of just this, you know, searching different stats about waiting. This is maybe a little awkward, but in the restroom, uh, toilet time, we'll spend over a year of our life. I didn't put it on the screen. I didn't. But that's a long, I don't know if that's waiting or not, but it's, it's, it's a thing. Long time. <laughs> um, so, in summary, average person, here it'll come on this, average 10 years of our lives. We'll, we'll spend 10 years of our life waiting. Hmm. Um, I would submit to you, this might be a new idea, how we approach our time of waiting probably matters. Because it's 10 years of our life. There are some uh, biblical comments that talk about the value of waiting, and I think you could argue waiting well. There's a scripture in Isaiah that talks about waiting on the Lord. It says, for those who wait for the Lord, those who wait for the Lord will, so if, they, if you wait well, apparently, will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. See, I want to be like that. They'll run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So how we wait, at least from a spiritual sense, can determine whether we emerge victorious, perhaps, from our time of waiting. Because we can mount up with wings like, does that make sense? So I think how we approach the waiting thing can be very, very important. Basically, today we're going to talk about how to wait well. We're in this series called Audacity, Bold Acts of the Early Church. And just if you're unaware, the early church um, what is it? powerful, audacious movement of people. Uh, given the responsibility, the opportunity by God through sharing the gospel and loving people and impacting the world to transform our world. The known world is so, 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 it's been transformed so much of it because of, you can tie it back to the activity of the early church. Uh, if you're doing the reading plan, by I'll just pause commercial um, in the seat back in front of you, there are cards, if you didn't grab one last week, that have a reading plan and some, some audacious challenges we're going to do as a church. But as you and I read the book of Acts, we will see God used this group of people to do phenomenal things. And today we're going to explore, before the phenomenal things begin to happen in chapter 2, they have a, a, an assignment to wait before the Holy Spirit comes in chapter 2. And so uh, we looked last week in Acts 1-4 where Jesus said to this group of people, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. So this is their assignment. Wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. In a few days, 
you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And all of heaven's going to cut loose in that, in, in the, after the few days. But today I want to look at that brief period before, and they're right in the middle of God's will, but before the Holy Spirit comes and starts this season of amazing transformational stuff. And so let's read about it in verse 12. So Jesus has told them to wait in Jerusalem. And it says, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, James, Peter John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The title of the talk this weekend is The Art of Waiting, and basically we're going to address the question, how can we wait well? Listen, it's 10 years of our lives. By the way, this week, you're gonna, we're all going to wait somewhere doing something the idea is what could we be doing during that time of waiting that would set the stage for something really really good to happen either then or in the future side note the, the two principles that I, i'm going to talk about I, I realize for some of us online or here for some of us you, you won't embrace these like it'll be oh yeah that's interesting stuff but if you will if we will really take on these things I think it will move us to a place, a category of being a little more spiritually elite than people who don't. Does that make sense? They're, they're, it'd be easy not to do these things, but I think these are a couple things that will raise our something, level of fruitfulness, effectiveness, connection with God, effect on our life. It's the little things sometimes, arguably the little things that make a huge difference. So let me pray and I'll give you a couple ideas. Father, give us, give me, give us all ears to hear your voice and a heart today to respond. That this 10 years of our lives might be utilized to to make us more like Jesus or give us a greater impact. So just, will you just help us during this time in Jesus' name, amen. Two ideas I see from the text, practical things to do while waiting. The first one, if you want to write it down, is this. While waiting, don't wait alone. If you're on site and you've got a handout, you can write that down. If you're at home, don't wait alone. What I noticed is, right, the apostles go to Jerusalem, and in verse 13, it says, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Basically, it's a simple observation. Their assignment was to wait, but they didn't split up and go their separate ways and wait alone. Now, some of this could have been some practical uh, reality of life. Um, <laughs> it's, 
Jerusalem, they needed a place to stay because the apostles, those people probably didn't have a house to stay in like they didn't have their own home. And so they had this house. And rather than, in today's term, rather than split up and stay in separate hotel rooms, maybe it was more economical to just get an Airbnb in one spot. Instead, let's, let's, let's just rent a big house together. Maybe there was some of that. Um, but, oh, just by the way, a little more detail of this waiting period that they were in. Jesus uh, was raised on the Passover weekend. Then he, if you don't know this, then he spent 40 days showing up again and again so people would be convinced that he was alive. Then he tells the disciples, he, gets a, he goes into heaven, that's when he tells the disciples, now you go wait. And there would have been a 10-day period before the day of Pentecost. Penta means five or 50. So there's, they basically waited where they were together in this room, did life together for 10 days. And here is the theory. You can write this in. Waiting together was a God-given opportunity to connect. That's what I think. It was an opportunity, a God-given opportunity to connect. They're just going to do life together for 10 days. Some of it could have been spiritual things. Some of it could just have been life. Like they ate breakfast together. Then they told stories about each other and to each other about life. They got to know the new people because there were new people trickling in. They got to see each other's strengths, maybe experience others' weaknesses or idiosyncrasies, whatever that word is. Can't say it. It was bizarre, right? So I imagine, it probably didn't happen, but they got to, you know, because they were doing life together, probably... Like, who the heck leaves their sandals by the door every day? Who's putting the sandals, right? Because there was probably somebody, and then by the end of the 10 days, they'd be like, it's James. He never puts anything away. <laughs> or so, you know how they would just learn? When you live together-ish for 10 days, you learn a lot about each other. And I would say that this is not just about friendship. This is a strategic move to put the team together so that they know more about their teammates, And that'll make the team more ready for when the Holy Spirit comes and all of the opportunity shows up. When the Spirit comes and there's preaching or persecution or this huge influx of people, because very soon at the end of 10 days, there's going to be 3,000 new people in church. So I think this getting to know each other will help them be ready for that. So that, how do, like how does this work? So that in the days ahead... When they've got this one situation where so-and-so scraped his leg on an olive branch tree, someone goes, oh man, he's bleeding. And then somebody can say, well, doesn't James have a, a medical kit? Doesn't he have a Band-Aid? Isn't James always the guy that has Band-Aids? Does you know how this would, you know how you get to know people and you get to know the quirks and the realities of other people? You didn't like that one. What about this? So they, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go to Antioch and share the gospel with that city. And then they could go, wait a minute, Bar I think Bartholomew has like a cousin. Don't they have a cousin? And they, yeah, because remember when we were in the upper room, we were talking and they, he's got relatives there. Or when persecution 
shows up and someone's scared and they're, they're just really nervous and they're afraid, someone can say, you know who you need to get prayer from? from, 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 from? You need to get prayer from Mary. Mary is so good. If you're afraid, you need to go talk to Mary because she is powerful. She knows how to pray. And she, Does that make sense? It'll make the team work together. Bringing this into the room, I think this is right. Fill in the blank. A determining factor in my future and in your future can be the friendships I establish while waiting. This is the part that can change our lives and make us more elite spiritually and in so many ways. Is if we take advantage of the waiting time when many folks will waste 10 years of their life, we will do some different things. And one of them is we'll, we'll see that as an opportunity to connect with other people. So a practical question that can come into our disciplines is when we find ourselves waiting for five minutes or 15 minutes or two hours somewhere, we could be asking this question, who should I connect with right now? Who should I connect with? Like right now. I've got six minutes. For me, a lot of this applies to my drive time when I'm kind of just waiting to get wherever I'm going. And it, it, I think, who should I call? And then I just would call and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. How's it going? Or I met you the other day. What, you know, this is, remember we met, how are you? It can come in the form of who should I encourage right now? Who should I pray for right now? Who should I get to know right now? It's just about capitalizing on our downtime. And I want to push something before we finish up this point. Please, please go beyond just scrolling social media during your downtime. Please, please. By the way, I'm not against uh, technology. I think technology can open a door to better connecting with people we may not have been able to connect with before. But scrolling is not necessarily connecting. Scrolling is just observing other people's life. So if you want to be better than most, don't just scroll, connect. Is that, God forbid, we spend 10 years of our life scrolling through pictures of other people or whatever doing things. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's not, that's, the disciples and the apostles <laughs> did, did not just go up to the upper room and watch each other. That's just not what they did. That would be, right? They, that would be useless. They, what I was, uh, in a staff meeting this week, one of the staff people said that they had reconnected with a friend from high school over, you know, s social media, but this is what made her different. And then just yesterday, they had breakfast. See? That's different. 
just a reminder for our, we're talking about connecting with people. Remember, so you can start to pray. Week six of our challenges. Oh, by the way, last week, the challenge was to read an entire book of the Bible in one sitting. How many people did it? You losers. <laughs> for those of you that did, we have a car, a new car for you. Pick, take your pick out of the parking lot. We'll have everybody drop off their keys. And uh, for those of you that didn't, next week, if you do the challenge of uh, this, this, then you get your car back. No. Oh, yeah, let's, by the way, can we just pause? So this week, the challenge this week, do this, you guys. Schedule a four-hour block to practice silence and solitude. Do that. Okay, sorry. Coming up on week six, the weekly challenge is to host a meal, inviting at least three neighbors and pray before the meal. So start praying about this. That could be huge connecting time. Okay. Uh, so the first idea was don't wait alone. Before I go to the next point, I felt like yesterday, I could be wrong on this, uh, but I felt like God wanted me to share in the services in case it hits some specific people or a specific person. I felt like the Lord wanted to say to somebody, don't spend your life alone. And so if that applies to you, I think God's just doing something special just to tell you, like maybe it's a challenge, but don't spend your life alone. Okay, number two, while waiting, pray all the time. All the time. Before we note it in the text, pause and think, how happy are you with your prayer life? If you're like me, I constantly think, oh, I need to be better at that. I need to be better at that. And before you, maybe before you answer the question, let me give you some challenging thoughts with prayer. First one is my, my favorite quote on prayer. I've shared it different times at the church. It says this, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Charles Spurgeon. And just when I read that, even when I just note it right now, it makes me think, why don't I pray more? Because God can do things that I cannot do. So I think I should pray more. Another verse comes to mind. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Who thinks we should pray more? Yes, we should pray more. James 5.13 says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them whine. No, it doesn't say that. It says let them pray. Is anybody sick? Let them call the elders of the church. Pray over them. The prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. Gosh, we should pray. It says confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you can be healed. You want healing in your life? Part of that can be connected to our prayer life. Part of the answer to us praying more, I am convinced, has to do with taking advantage of this waiting time and making it prayer time. It says in verse 14, they all, all the people in the upper room, they joined together constantly in prayer. Let's explore that. Constantly in prayer. So uh, there were about 13 people for sure in the upper room. So I did some math. Let's say there are 13 people. 
they were constantly in prayer. If they prayed 12 hours a day times 10 days, that's 1,500 hours of prayer in just 10 days. Uh, many argue that over this 10-day period, more people joined in the upper room, going in and out of the upper room. So up to estimates of 120 people were probably involved in the upper room experience. So if there were 120 people times 12 hours a day times 10 days, 15, it's about 15,000 hours of prayer. No wonder they were ready when the Holy Spirit came to respond to the promptings, to share the gospel, right? When 3,000 people become Christians, they were ready because they had been prepared by their continuous or consistent prayer. So the big question is this, what might God do if our downtime was prayer time? And I don't think it has to be glamorous or, you know, spiritually sexy prayer time, like, whoa, that was a really good prayer. Just pray something. So when you're sitting at the BMV, which 20 years ago was a three-hour wait. Anybody remember the BMV when it was like a brief experience in hell? The, the, especially if they didn't have air conditioner. If it was warm in there, then BMV was... Now, new people, anybody grateful that God has fixed the BMV at least somewhat? Lord, we just thank you. At some point in time, you fixed the BMV. It's so much better. Well, let's, so, so let's say the next time you're at the BMV, that's the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Some young people are like, what's the BMV? I don't know what the BMV It's where you go to get your license and stuff. But let's just pretend you're going to have a 15-minute wait there instead of just wasting the wait. And you don't have to pray some amazing prayer that impresses everyone, but just sit there and repeat a prayer for your daughter. Just sit there and, and God help my daughter. God help my daughter. God help my daughter. Just God help my daughter. How many times could you say God help my daughter in the midst of 15 minutes? You could knock on the door of heaven a hundred times with the Lord. You think God's not going to hear that and respond? He will. Or the next time you're sitting at the Starbucks line, which is a four-hour wait, <laughs> right? You could, for Starbucks, you could pray for the whole world by name in the Starbucks line. Right? No, okay, that's an exaggeration. But you could, you could pray. Those of you that, that uh, have a prayer language, you could just pray. Just sit in a prayer language for the hour that you sit in that line. I don't know. You just prayed in, during your restroom time, right? Get a year of prayer in. Now, that's awkward. We, did, we crossed into awkward land. The next time you're on hold with the phone, how about if we just prayed for the salvation of the person who's going to pick up the phone? Folks, this is a sad reality. There are people in our world that have never had anyone pray for them. Right? They've never had anyone, even if you don't know their name, They've never had anyone who knows God, 
who has been washed and forgiven by God so that we can entrance, enter into the presence of God. Listen, children of God, He listens to you. He listens to you. Because your sin has been removed, and so you have this clear communication with the Father. So if you take 10 minutes and pray when you're driving down the highway and people are just randomly passing you, right? And if you pray, God, I pray for that person in that car. You don't even know their name. God hears us. Pray for them. Maybe the only time anybody ever prays for that person. Wouldn't it be great to get into heaven someday and have somebody come up to you and say, Hi, my name's, you know, George, and I've been made aware by God that you prayed for me when I was this and this and this, and because you prayed for me, God brought this into my life and this into my life, and I got to go to heaven because someone prayed for me. That's the kind of opportunity that we could have. Last fill in the blank. Gosh, I get, I get emotional about this stuff. If you got saved, because right, most of us are, it's likely because somebody prayed for you. Last fill in the blank. Will I utilize my next down moment to build some prayer momentum. So to recap, don't wait alone. Use that time to connect with people or use that time to pray. Why don't you stand? Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.